1: Amazing evening, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us again. Uh, Hopefully, you've enjoyed the previous live stream that we did today with uh, our brother Shino and sister uh, Shania from uh, the uh, Somali Christian TV. But uh, I have another treat for you. I have brother Mill with me here who's going to be joining us shortly. And we uh, were taping a number of videos of a brand new series that we have entitled Holes in the Narrative why the standard Islamic narrative is sketchy, And I'm going to let Mel, of course, explain that to you. But we want to thank all of you, by the way, for your amazing support, partnership with us. I don't know if you know by now that we have hit 100,000 subscribers. And it's a, a really a cause to celebrate the goodness of God. Uh, we didn't do anything. Uh, we only uh, submitted ourselves to His will to use us as tools. We're excited because this number means that there is more people that will be watching our videos And more Muslims hopefully will be reached. Our job at this channel is to equip the saints to reach our Muslim friends with the gospel. And when we do shows with Dr. J, for instance, or I did also record uh, episodes with Dan Gibson himself. And when I do things with our brother Mel, as you will hear from him, we do it for one purpose, to help unlock the mystery about the origin of Islam in the mind of our Muslim friends, showing them that there isn't anything divine about it, rather that they need to come to Jesus. And that's really our uh, basically mission in this uh, channel is to bring our Muslim friends to Christ so that they can enjoy his fellowship and his company and his presence in their life. And we can all enjoy the uh, lamb uh, uh, feast, uh, basically, or the feast of the lamb, uh, of celebration and eternity, and uh, we spend the time together uh, as the Bible teaches about people from all tribes, all tongues, all nations, all peoples, basically. And we pray that our Muslim uh, uh, friends will be part of that in masses. I was one of you, and I found the truth in Christ, and it would behoove me uh, to come to you as an ambassador for Christ, make an appeal on his behalf, uh, re- be reconciled to God. Why? Because God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that in him we become the righteousness of God. This is what the scripture teaches. Well, with that in mind, we are so thankful. We are so thankful that uh, many of you are taking the time to join us. And we have questions. If this is live, this is as live as it can be. I am live right now, and I am alive in Christ as well. And I have another brother with me here, Brother Mel. And he is joining us remotely. Brother Mill, thank you so much for taking the time. I know it's late where you're at right now, but uh, kudos to you, man. I mean, we're teaching you the Saudi way. This is early for us. We have our breakfast at this time. <laughs>
2: and we're it's taking to close to you. midnight, obviously, where he is. Yeah, it's great to be with you. Um, I'm always excited when I get uh, an invitation to come on your channel and uh, you know, share my research with your audience. Thank you. And I hope um, um, people who are watching now will... Come back and watch this series because I think it's, they're going to discover a few exciting things. Amen. Well, here is the series, folks. Uh, uh, myself and uh, brother Mel, uh,
1: we've recorded I think about nine uh, videos so far, and we still have uh, uh, you know a few more to go. And we call this series "Holes in the Narrative" why the standard Islamic narrative is sketchy. And there was a number of topics in there. For instance, I'll read some of these topics. You know, we did a, a video on what we called "What is Sketchy." about Muhammad's story, meaning the biography of Muhammad is sketchy. Did Muhammad really ban images in his time? You know that Muslims will tell you you cannot have artwork or pictures or whatever. Did he really do that? (laughs) You're going to see that that was also a sketchy story. We did one on was the holy mosque of Mecca, originally in Mecca, actually. We talked about that. Uh, We talked about also the building of successive mosques after they were destroyed and it points towards Jerusalem area, not towards Mecca. We talked about the fact that was the holy mosque in Petra or was it in Jerusalem? Here we're not really talking about contradicting the Qibla direction. We're not talking about contradicting Dan Gibson's research on the Qibla. We're talking just about the location of the Kaaba itself, which does not really negate what Dan Gibson's findings are in any way. Then we talked about the origin of something called the Eid al-Fitr, which is the breaking of the fast. Right after Ramadan, that's what Muslims celebrate for at least three days, depending where you live. Some some take longer than that. But all that to say, you'll be surprised to discover that it has its origin uh, from pagan, uh, uh, basically uh, rituals that are founded thousands of years earlier. But what's uh, I mean, what's new? Uh, Everything about Islam is a copy and paste from other sources. Then we talked also about does basically art depict Muhammad. Does art depict Muhammad, Islamic art in this case? You know, Muslims say you cannot show prophets, right? And especially Muhammad. But was this the case early uh, in Islamic history? Do we have evidence that the Islamic arts itself did show Muhammad? And uh, the answer is yes. Anywhere from the 10th century all the way until the 15th century, we have ample evidence to show that Muhammad's face was shown and many other also uh, uh, elements about him were depicted in these Arts. Then we are going to do a show also on something called the Golden Idol of Muhammad in the Dome of the Rock. And another one that has to do with the prohibition on praying at tomes, which is Salafis or the Wahhabi movement was based on something like this, uh, claiming that there are innovators who were going and visiting shrines and doing prayers in there. And that was the whole soul, the sole uh, purpose, I should say, of this Reformation movement known as the Salafi or the Wahhabi. And finally, we have another show that we'll be doing was Islam. Uh, Why Islam is set, I should say, to go into numerical decline. Let me repeat, why Islam is set to go into numerical decline. With that in mind, I'm going to ask you, Brother Mel, give people just an overview of some of these topics, but then I want to ask you specifically about the last three.
2: Okay, where to to begin? Well, I suppose if we look at um, Muhammad's story, there are lots of holes in that narrative. Um, It has the appearance of something that was hobbled together but if you take so certain specific elements in his story, like, for example, the idea that he was born in the year of the elephant, and then you you, you put it under the magnifying glass, you find that it doesn't hold together historically. Um, it appears to be um, a fictional story. There was no elephant that traveled from Yemen to Mecca. It's, it's just physically not possible for an elephant. Um, and in terms of the time frame, uh, Abraham died. Um, a good two decades before the birth of Muhammad in 570 AD. If we, if we can trust that dating of these births, if there was such a person in that year born. Um, so that's just one, one example. Um, I suppose another one that was uh, interesting was uh, and that, that will be for those who are going to watch it in the future is um, the idea of Muhammad banning images. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, If that were to have happened, I suppose the first thing you would do is you would look at the uh, archaeological evidence for the century straight afterwards. Is there any evidence that there there was no depiction of people in the the locality of Syria or Iraq? And what we find is that they didn't seem to have any problem depicting people in art, especially even in the Caliph's palaces. So that's a major sort of hole in the narrative. But um, I suppose another area of of interest was the idea of of the Masjid al-Haram, and where was it originally? Um, So it's my contention that um, Jerusalem is the location where this was. Um, You have Umar building the first Majid in uh, 638 or thereabouts, and then uh, following caliphs rebuilding the, the Masjid in the years after that. There doesn't seem to be any focus on, on the Hejaz in the 7th century. It's only really in the 8th century that we get some focus with Caliph Mansur doing some work in Mecca at that stage. But before that, there doesn't seem to be any sign of an interest in the Hejaz. So that's just a, a little taste of uh, what is to come. really.
1: Yeah. And uh, by the way, I want to mention to everyone that this is also another one of our special podcasts, Let Us Reason. So we will be doing the 25 minutes, the usual uh, run for the podcast. If you are listening to this on radio, uh, this is a live stream from our studio. That's why you hear me talking to the, uh, the guest speaker and also paying attention to some of the comments because they are watching us right now on YouTube and Facebook as well. But for you, in your case, you have to go to YouTube or to Facebook to watch the show when it was done live. Now, uh, brother, uh, let me ask you something about, uh, you know, one of the shows that we'll end up doing has to do with this, uh, uh, was there once a golden idol of Muhammad in the Dome of the Rock. What's that about?
2: Yeah, well, there's um, a guy called Ralph of Cain. He was a Christian priest and he wrote a history of the Crusaders. And because he was a Norman and he's well-connected, he actually went to very important people involved and he got sort of good quality info on what happened. And he tells a a very revealing uh, story, which was when the Crusaders broke into the Temple Mount. um, He doesn't say exactly where this was found, but they found a statue of Muhammad and it was in gold and silver. And he describes it in great detail in terms of how it looked and the weight of it. And and, uh, he said it took about 10 men to lift it. They immediately Um, came to the conclusion that it was meant to be of Muhammad and they set about destroying it. Um, So that's going to be quite an interesting um, discovery. Um, Obviously, there's disputes about that. Some people think that maybe he made this up because it seems to be out of sync with what we think we know about early Islamic history, because Muhammad was meant to be never depicted in art. But what we have found in one of the videos that we did was that there are actually loads of evidence of Muhammad depicted in art. So that kind of undercuts the argument that this couldn't possibly happen. Um, and I think, I suppose, the other thing to bear in mind is there were lots of people in the, the Islamic empire who came from other religions, sorry, religions originally, like Buddhists, who would have had no problem with depicting uh, Muhammad in a statue form like the, the Buddha. In fact, even the tradition of having giant graves, which the, uh, the Buddhists do, um, that was inherited by Islam as well. So you have, you know, the various prophets of Islam depicted as 70 foot giants. And I'm sure you've all seen those right. images. So there's a lot of evidence that would suggest that um, when Islam interacted with other religions, they they did some weird things. And one of them was, I think, the golden statue of Muhammad. So it's going to be quite a, a jaw dropper episode that one.
1: Absolutely. And again, we want to welcome everyone who is joining us right now. You are watching a live stream of Let Us Reason uh, with us here virtually in our studios, our brother Mill, And we're talking about the video series that we have recorded and will continue to record, which we called Holes in a Narrative, the Narrative, Isla- Why the Standard Islamic Narrative is Sketchy. Uh, Why? Because we wanted to show that there is a lot of uh, sketchy, uh, uh, basically um, uh, stories, uh, shaky uh, foundations, if you wish, concerning many of the components of the Islamic narrative. In fact, let me remind you of a couple of things. Most of the time, the narrative is later, meaning developed at a later time. Uh, sometimes 200 years after these uh, alleged events took place, and we're discovering also many of the times that based on this research that uh, Mel is doing, Jay is doing, Dan Gibson is doing, and others, and we're bringing it to your attention here, uh, points to north, not south, Mecca. North, whether Petra, Jerusalem, you know, even towards uh, modern day Persia, uh, Iran, and Afghanistan. I mean, whatever the case might be, everything is coming from there. Yeah, it m- might have migrated all the way south. No one is doubting that, but we're talking about the origin itself. And again, I want to thank all of you, by the way, for taking the time to be with us. And thank you, uh, Smedley, by the way, for uh, this congratulations. Indeed, we hit 100,000 subscribers. We thank God for all of you, for your prayers, partnership. We couldn't have done it without you, but we thank the Lord, of course, who is the one who drove all of this, of course. It is by His glory, by His work, by His power, we can do all things in Christ who strengthened us. We didn't do it because of anything that we are worthy of. We did it because of obedience to Him. And I remember we started this channel back in March of 2016 with how many subscribers? Zero. How many views? Zero. How many videos? Zero. Today, uh, I stand before you humbled by the fact that we have 100,000 subscribers. Uh, We're probably pushing 500 videos already, not to mention the Arabic side. And we are pushing towards 9 million views already. So God is good. We thank all of you for making this possible by spreading the knowledge about this, hopefully among Muslims, most importantly than anything else. But our channel is designed to equip the saints to do the work that they are called to do. Our job is just to consider ourselves to be a humble tool in your hand. Uh, At least a humble tool that God is placing us in your hands so that you can learn from all of these fascinating material that we're sharing with you, whether it is theological, whether whether it is apologetic, whether it is historical criticism. Or textual criticism. The idea is to help you pick from these tools as you deal with every Muslim, because every Muslim will be different. You're going to meet him at various levels. We have someone here by the name of Rasul S who's asking, "How can I come to faith in Christ?" I can tell you, brother uh, or sister, as many have mentioned to you, you must admit and confess that you're a sinner in need of a savior. That's the only way it happens. You know, the idea is go and read the gospel, but pray that the Lord will reveal Himself to you in in many ways. He reveals. Himself to you in a word, but if you truly seek him, he's not going to leave you. He is calling you and he is knocking on your door, and you need to open that door. And when you come to him, he will equip you. His Holy Spirit will dwell and reside in you. So rest assured that God will take good care of you. So brother, um, you know, uh, another thing that we will be probably visiting when we're doing these shows, the idea that prayer at the tombs was uh, kind of like uh, depicted, uh, I mean, I should say attacked as innovation. I I grew up believing in this. In fact, the whole Wahhabi movement, the premise was one of the things that the Muslims were doing at the time of Muhammad Abdul Wahhab was visitation to these shrines. What
2: do you want to tell us about that? Yeah, well, it's, it's interesting. If we look at the historical progression, what we find is that there were uh, mausoleums and tombs that are, uh, there were a thousand years old, um, which would suggest there's um, a, a long history of, first of all, tombs. We have um, historical records describing what the people did when they went to those tombs and included in what we're going to talk about is the fact that they they prayed to Muhammad when they went to some of these tombs, and they asked for Muhammad's intervention. And um, they also visit um, the, the graves of other people associated, kind of a who's who of early Islam. Um, but then, when um, I can't remember the name of the scholar, I think I'm going to say even Taymiyyah, if, if I've remembered correctly. Um, but he was the person who basically said, "No, this is forbidden. Um, you're not allowed to do that." But he was thrown into prison because his idea of um, that you're not allowed to pray at the tombs was such a radical idea that he had no support. And it was only um, when um, Wahhabism started in the, I'm going to say, the um, 18th century. That's right. And, this, and Salafis then took on the, those ideas that it, it had a slow um, progression right up into the 19th century and um, gathered some steam. And what they did was they went to Medina to the to a location where they had all of these um, tombs associated, as I say, with the the first generation of Muslims. Whether these were genuine or not, it doesn't really matter. But they believed these were the tombs of people like Muhammad and and Kadifa and all the rest of it. Um, and they destroyed them all. This is in the 19th century and caused a big uproar at the time. And the the tombs were rebuilt again. Um, and then they had another go. Um, I think it was in the early 20th century that they destroyed them again. Um, and they very nearly even destroyed Muhammad's tomb, um, at least where they think Muhammad was was buried. Oh. Um, so when we look at the historical progression, what we see is that there were, for, for most of the time, people visited these tombs uh, for a very long time, for at least a thousand years. Um, and then a new idea came up, which was that Muhammad... Um, said that you're not allowed to pray to the tomb of Muhammad and, and stuff like that. But it took a long time for that idea to be accepted. And so really it's only in the last 200 years that the idea caught on. So the Salafis would say that people who visit tombs are the innovators, but history says the opposite. They're the ones who are innovating. They're the ones that are coming up with a new idea. The history tells a different story. And I think this is huge. And like, if we look at what ISIS word were doing only five or six years ago, they were going around to different parts of Iraq and Syria. And what were they destroying? They were destroying tombs. Why were they destroying the tombs? It's because it tells a different story, a different story to what the Salafis have been teaching people over the past um, few decades. And it, it's, it's a hole in the narrative that people um, are not aware of. The hole in the narrative is that that they are teaching that um, Muhammad had taught that you shouldn't go to these tombs and mausoleums, But the reality is there were these tombs and mausoleums, and people were visiting them. And that's why these things were being built. And we can find them right across North Africa and in different parts of the Middle East. They still exist. And hopefully people will protect them because there's a a lot of Salafis who want to destroy what's left of them um, before people are aware of them. We have about uh, four
1: minutes left to wrap up our pod uh, uh, podcast. But uh, before we we jump into the uh, concluding uh, this live stream, brother, uh, what do you say about Islam basically set into uh, uh, becoming numerically declined? I mean, uh, what is it that you can share with with our viewers right now about that?
2: Yeah, it might surprise people that um, if we take from 1960 up to say 2019, and we look at the average. Uh, birth rate, or the what's called the fertility rate, it has collapsed. It's one of the largest collapse in the fertility rate in in any part of the world. It's four point two. It's dropped in comparison to America's dropped by two children per woman on average in the same time frame. And um, looking at the statistics and looking at the trend, um, the the uh, the demographics are not good for the coming decades. Um, what's going to happen is the same as. In other parts of the world, um, we're going to see a below replacement uh, level of fertility rate, in other words, below 2.1. And so the population on which Islam draws its numbers from is collapsing um, in the Middle East and in uh, North Africa. And what's making it worse is there's outward immigration. So that's reducing the population. And also a huge part of it is the fact that there is A huge and growing uh, specter of apostasy um, across the board. In Iran, it's figures that are absolutely frightening for Daoists. A recent survey that was done found that about 50% of those in the 20 to 30 age bracket no longer believed in Islam. And if you do the maths, um, it's not looking good for the decades ahead. So we're going to see um, a peaking of the overall population and also um, an ever growing. Um, apostasy in those countries. Um, So um, Islam is projected, in my view, to go from the fastest growing religion to the fastest shrinking religion. If I were a Taoist, I would stop using that line of argument. It's not going to work for too much longer.
1: Right. Well, that's that's fascinating, brother. Again, we have about two minutes left to uh, uh, conclude our podcast. We'll stay, uh, me and Mel, for let's say another five minutes uh, uh, or so. We will look at some of your comments or questions. If you have any specific ones for Mel, please uh, go ahead and start writing those. Uh, Make sure you write Sierra International in front of it or Al Fadi so I can uh, pick them up. Or sometimes our amazing moderators might point them out to us. But uh, all that to say is we are wrapping up, of course, this live stream. Uh, especially our podcast, Let Us Reason. Uh, tomorrow, Lord willing, we plan, if everything goes well, again, it's all in God's hand, if everything goes well, we want to do a special live stream uh, to kind of like uh, reflect back on this 100,000 subscribers uh, uh, thing. And we invite all of you, of course, to join us. Uh, we are going to continue uh, basically to think through ways to celebrate this with you. And uh, we want to bring glory to our Lord, of course. Uh, I, I will be remiss if I don't thank my Heavenly Father, for uh, achieving this goal. It is not by my will, not by my might, but by the power of our, uh, the Holy Spirit, of course, uh, by the power of the Spirit of the Lord of hosts. That's uh, what we want to give glory to. And uh, we want to thank all of you, of course, for joining us here. Hopefully, you have uh, been intrigued now to watch this series that we'll be releasing soon uh, concerning this hole in the narrative Paul in the narrative, why the standard Islamic narrative is sketchy. I think you're going to love it. You're going to enjoy it. And in a classic Mill way, he will go into depth, showing you images, showing you quotations, and uh, supporting it, of course, with sources. And oftentimes, he will even give you the source where you can go and find uh, the elements or the quotations that he is sharing with you, because we're not hiding anything from anybody. And we want to make sure people are aware of these things. By the way, most of it comes also from academic articles and books. But sadly, if you do not know about them, you're not going to be able to find them. This is why I enjoy doing the work that I do with Mel or with Jay, because we bring all of these things to you in one location and we help you now begin to take a look at it. In fact, I did also another video series that I recorded today with Dan Gibson. And we are going to talk about refuting some of the arguments raised against his own theory. Uh, now, uh, we are working together here as a team. There is no division here. You can say, well, Jay said this, Mel said that, Dan said this. Well, remember, we are unpacking things that we are coming across. And at the end of the day, uh, one thing we can conclude, there are holes in a narrative of Islam. And that's what matters the most. With that in mind, I want to thank you, of course, for joining us here. We want to conclude our podcast, Let Us Reason. So thank you so much for listening to us. And stay with us here in studio. We're going to take like a 10 seconds break and we'll come back to you again. Thank you so much. This is Alfadi. God bless you.